Hi, everybody. We're at Pesachim, Daf 76. And this is a key daf in the laws of kashrut. A lot of practical things come from here. And uh, if you're planning to study for semicha, this is a daf you need to know very, very well. Uh, so two major topics. One is mixing of hot and cold. And what is uh, what wins? What's on top or what's on the bottom? In other words, if cold goes on hot or hot goes on cold, do we consider that uh, the, the mixture to be something cold or something hot? And the different major differences, we'll see a, a, pin, a different opinion, three challenges to Shemuel, two proofs for Shemuel. But we'll talk about something that's salted a lot with a lot of salt is considered also like hot. Um, heat transmits taste, and so salt does also. And that's all one topic. The second topic will be the question, how about smell? Is smell considered substance? If smell goes from one food to the other and the kind of smells like something not kosher or uh, the smell of milk goes into the meat because uh, they're, they're cooked in the same oven, is that considered actual taste? Like some, some of the meat went into the milk or not? That's uh, also important machloket. All right, let's review the Mishnah that we saw yesterday. Uh, it's all based on this. Uh, if you have a Korban Pesach that's roasting and, uh, on, and it's in, a, in an oven, but it's not touching the sides of the oven, but then what if it does? One, one piece of it touches the side of the oven. Uh, so you cloth it, you have to peel it because in this case, it was cooked not directly from the fire, but from the heat that was absorbed into the, into the clay of the oven. And that's not permitted. That's a form of cooking that's not barbecuing. So you gotta, you don't have to throw the whole thing out. You just peel off that uh, one, one slice. Uh, if some of the gravy fell onto the cheres, onto that clay side, and that now it gets hot and bo- boiling, and now that boiling hot liquid goes back onto the, um, onto the Korban Pesach, now that section is boiled and that will affect even more of it, you have to take off not just a peel, but you have to take off a whole section, a thicker layer. And uh, if some of the uh, gravy falls onto solid, some flour that's also in the, in the oven, and then uh, that, well, that flour is going to be make that, that gravy, going to boil the gravy, and that gravy is Korban Pesach. That's Korban Pesach that's boiled. And so that will in turn to um, make the flour prohibited. So in that case, you, gotta, you don't have to throw out the entire uh, bread, but just uh, take that part of it and throw it out. Um, the next case was the Korban Pesach itself. If we put uh, uh, oil on it, the oil was tirumah, that's fine because Kohanim can eat it. But if it belongs to Israel, they're the ones that registered for it, they're not allowed to have the oil. So what are you gonna do? Well, if it's raw, raw meat is smooth. And so you can just wash off the oil and then you can uh, cook it and it's fine. If it's already cooked, now cooked food is more absorbent, certainly if it's hot, maybe even if it's not hot. So in that case, you have to peel off the outer layer. Uh, um, it seems to be a case where you put the oil on after it was cooked. And so then it absorbed a little bit. If you put the oil on before it was cooked and cooked with that oil in it, that probably would be uh, seep all the way into the meat. And then finally, there's my case of Masayashini, which uh, just is really the same. It's not, not so important. This means that you can't sell it. You have to, you can't um, ask anybody for money. You can eat, anyone can eat the Masayashini in Jerusalem, but you just can't uh, ask people to pay their share for it because it's, it's your Masayashini. All right, that was the Mishnah. And now we get right into the Gemara Itemar. Cham letoch cham. If hot food falls into cold food, like hot meat 
falls into, sorry, hot, hot falls into hot milk, right? So heat, uh, heat uh, uh, causes taste and substance to uh, transfer from one food to the other. So that's a simple case. Obviously, then uh, it would be prohibited, both the meat and the milk, or if it was pig that fell into a stew, right? And it was hot. Both of them are hot. It's prohibited. So then the tochsonen, they would call mutar. A cold meat fell into cold milk. Then it's fine. Just take it out, wash it off, and no absorption happens when it's cold. Ham I want to see anyone actually do that. We'll see. Right? Ham If hot meat fell, all this is bidiavada, you can't dip it in on purpose. Um, hot fell into cold, or sonen the tocham, or cold into hot. That's the subject of a machloket. He says that we follow whatever is on top. That's what that's what's defining of the situation. So therefore, hot meat into cold water, the heat, the hot is on top. So that will cause the uh, the whole thing to be hot, and they tr- will transfer. So it's prohibited. Um, but so cold into hot is okay because we follow the top one, and so the cold into hot is called cold. Same as cold into cold is permitted. Shemuel Amar Tata'agabar. That is going to be the halacha lemaaseh. We say Shemuel they, they, that the bottom one is what's stronger. So therefore, hot into cold, that's okay. Cold into hot is prohibited. Scientifically, we know that uh, heat rises, so it makes more sense that if something the if, if the heat the heating the hot substance is on the bottom, that will rise and cause the one that's above it to become uh, hot and less so the other way, and that is the halacha. All right, now we're going to ask uh, three challenges to Shemuel uh, based on our Mishnah, each clause of our Mishnah. Tenan. We have the Korban Pesach, it's cooking in the oven, and it touches the side of the earthenware side of the oven, and now that it, uh, it causes it to be hot and the heat comes back. You told it, you have to, you have to um, take off a peel. Uh, right now, we're assuming, for the purposes of this question, that the earthenware was cold. So now you have heat that touches cold. So that's the heat that's on top touches the cold. Or maybe it's uh, you know uh, the, the the earthenware or something underneath there. Um, and what happens? The it causes the earthenware earthenware thing to become hot, and then the earthenware thing that the earthenware that's hot will cook the korban pesach. Uh, not through fire. And so that would be the problem. This scenario then makes sense that you have to take off a peel. According to Rav, the top one is what's defining. And in this case, it's the Koran Pesach that's going on to the cold earthenware. And that's why the, uh, the, uh, the heat transfers and it cooks and causes the Koran uh, Pesach to, be, to become prohibited. Um, because the uh, the the, uh, the the gravy, sorry, this is talking about the case of gravy, right? The gravy is going to cause the earthenware to become hot, and then the earth that the the earthenware will in turn cook that gravy, and that gravy will then go back and touch the pesach. And now the corn pesach is becoming cooked from that uh, heat, from the earthenware, and has to be only from fire and not from anything else. So that all makes sense according to Rav. 
Haeres, Kevan de Sonenhu, Akore Mekar de Larotev. Shemuel said that it's the bottom one that's defining. In this case, it's the earthenware that's on the bottom and it's cold. And so when the gravy falls onto the cold earthenware, then it should be considered all cold and doesn't get cooked. And so then doesn't it's not a problem, even if it goes back and falls onto the back onto the Pesach. So in that case, why do we have to take off a thick slice of the korban? So that's the question. It seems like Shemuel's right and Shemuel, uh, Rav is right. And the question channels to Shemuel. Answer. No, you were talking, you thought that the earthenware was cold and then it would be a problem. But in fact, we're talking about where the uh, um, where the uh, the earthenware is hot. Uh, okay, sorry, Shemuel said, that's the next case we're quoting. And so we, we apply that also here, that the, we assume that the chayres is roteach. And so therefore, it's actually hot on hot. Um, so that's why it's prohibited. Or even if it was just starting to cook, it would still be cold on hot. But it was then it was still according to Shemuel, that would be tata'agabad, and that's why it's prohibited. All right, we resolve the first one. Now, the second one, very similar. If some of the gravy falls on to flour, just take that part of the flour, but it's prohibited. Uh, so right now we're assuming that the flour was cold. Rav says it's the tougher, upper one that's defining. Therefore, uh, that's why you have to remove, that does cause prohibition, because what happens? The gravy is hot, that will transfer heat into the flour, right? And so it does transfer heat. And now it's all mixed together. That flour, which is now hot, is going to heat up the gravy and add heat to the gravy. And that gravy now is being heated by a non-fire substance. It's boiled, and that boiled water well, gravy goes back onto the well, even if it doesn't go back onto the uh, onto the uh, animal, that itself is prohibited. Right. So even though the so the flour is originally cold, but the gravy will make the flour hot, and then the hot the heat from the flour will make the gravy even hotter, and will be cooking from an external source. And that's, that's the problem. So all that's according to Rav, which uh, who thinks that, that it makes sense because the gravy is hot, going on to something cold, and yet it transfers. According to Shemuel, it says that the bottom one is defining, and in this case, the flour was cold. So the hot gravy falls onto the cold flour, but the cold flour just cools down the gravy, and it does not, is not, does not have heat and does not transfer any taste, does not transfer any heat. And so if it doesn't transfer heat, then the flour is not going to further add heat to the gravy. And so the gravy never becomes prohibited, right? It's just, it's not cooked anymore. So it was only from the, from the flame and not from anything else. So then it should be fine and I should be able to just eat it. I shouldn't have to take part of the great part of the flour away to throw it out. Rotacha's answer is no, you assumed we were talking about cold flour. Actually, the flour is hot. And that's why the gravy goes on to something hot. Shemuel says, So the heat of the of the flour will in fact cook the gravy and cause the gravy to become prohibited, because this Koban Pesach has to be only from fire.
All right, we can tell that this was the original question, and Rabbi Yabba Shemuel said, answer this question first, Besod Ratachat. He actually only answered this question. And then the Gemara came and said, oh, wait, we could ask a similar question from the first case. And that's why it quoted Shemuel from the second case and said, oh, we can do the same assumption here. He already said Besod Ratachat, so, so to here, Becheres Ratachat. So the, uh, the, the Gemara is out of chronological order. The second question and answer came first. And then we apply the same thing to the first question and answer. All right, and now we get to the third one. So we put some oil onto Teruma and the Kohanim can eat it, that's okay. But if it belongs to Yisrael, then if it's raw, we wash it. But if it was already cooked and then you put the oil on, you have to take off a peel. Now why? Rav says the top one is what is what uh, is, is the prevailing one. And in this case, the oil is on top and the oil is cold. So that's why uh, so that's why all you need is a is a is a kilipa. Um, because the uh, uh, even though even though that's even though it's uh, cold, it still might absorb a little into the meat uh, if, when the meat is hot, or even if it's cold but it's already cooked, so it'll absorb a little. But you just that's why all you need is a, a thin layer. According to Shemuel, who says the bottom one prevails, so now the this the the meat is hot. And you're putting oil onto it, so then that's really going to absorb. How come you only have to take off just a little peel? You should have to take off a whole layer, or maybe the whole thing even. It's going to enter into the entire entirety because it's hot. The answer, now even Shemuel would agree in this case, because oil, you just put a very thin layer of oil, and it's barely anything. So even though it's hot, it'll only go in a little bit, and so it won't be a problem. All right, Tanya Kivate de Shemuel. We didn't just make up this answer. We have a Braita, in fact, that supports Shemuel. So now we're going to go the other way around and support Shemuel. Cham le Tocham Asur. Vechen Sonen Shenatan le Tocham Asur. Cham le Toch Sonen, Vesonen le Toch Sonen, Madiach. So the Braita says, hot and hot, everyone agrees, is prohibited. Cold into hot or uh, is, is prohibited. There you go. So cold into hot, that's Shemuel, Tata Agabad. And the other case is uh, hot into cold is the same as cold into cold, and then you just have to wash it. So yeah, that's clearly the case of Shemuel. So Cham letoch sonen madiach. Kevan dechamhu ademekarle iyevsha delo bala purta kelipa miha ba'e. So now let's analyze more this case of hot into cold. And the case of hot into cold, you said it's fine, just wash it. Wait a second. If hot something hot falls onto something cold, it's true. It's going to cool it down because the bottom one is what prevails. But in the process of cooling it down, it's impossible that some of the heat from the top one will end up uh, uh, making hot the bottom one also, and a little bit of taste will uh, will enter will be absorbed. So shouldn't we at least require a peel off of it? He says, you're right. Okay. We have to uh, 
revise the Braita and say the last two cases are not actually the same. Cold and cold, yeah, just wash it off. But hot into cold, you do at least need a layer. So you see that they agree with each other that no matter which one's on top or bottom, uh, that uh, you need one layer to, uh, to, you need to remove one layer that uh, can uh, transfer heat. Tanya Idach, yet another Braita that's going to prove uh, Shemuel, right? We did all these challenges. This is the last proof for Shemuel. Um, so we have hot meat into hot milk. Or cold into hot is prohibited. That's Shemuel. The bottom one prevails. Uh, hot into cold is the same as cold into cold. And so you just wash it. So clearly it's the bottom one that prevails. That's Shemuel. Now, same question as before on this Braita. Uh, really just wash it when cold goes into hot. Right, I understand that the cold one prevails and the cold one will bring down the temperature of the upper one and make it cold. But since the top one is hot, while it's cooling down, it's impossible that some, a little bit of, uh, of, the, of that meat won't be absorbed into the milk on the bottom. So you should require, okay, don't, not the whole thing, but just a layer to peel off. Ella, Emma, you're right. Just add in another another uh, requirement that you're right. If it's hot into cold, it's basically okay, but you have to take off a layer. Cold into cold, you don't need anything at all. Uh, okay, good. Amar Mor. Now, this Braita that we just quoted says, Cold and cold, just wash. Amar Avhuna, Loshanu all this, even cold into cold, is only when it's not salted. But if it's salted, it's prohibited. Why does he say that? Damar Shemuel is quoting his teacher. As famous statements, he says, uh, famous among those who study for uh, for semicha, salting is like boiling, right? Salting is makes draws out the taste, right? It makes it. Uh, spicy, and that is the same effect as something that's boiling. And something that's marinated, right, or pickled is the same as something that's cooked. So if you marinate something that's permitted and prohibited in the same vinegar, right, or pickle them together for a long time, then the taste from one will, in fact, transfer to the other, even though it's cold. So that's an exception to the rule. Rava's commenting on this and saying, saying and limiting it. That's only if it's so salty that's inedible. Uh, you might take you know fish and salt them so much just to preserve them, but when you want to come to eat them, you have to wash them off. That's what, that's what we're talking about. It has to be that salty uh, in order to transfer. But if it's just a little table salt, you know, as much as you would, and you would eat it that way, that's not considered salty enough to transfer food, to transfer a taste from one to the other. And uh, here we have a story that uh, proves that. Mm-hmm. Um, re- regarding the, the Beraita and Shemuel, uh, or I guess Rav and Shemuel, how come in the Beraita we talk about one thing inside falling inside the other, but Rav and Shmuel talk about some the, the upper and the lower. Is there a reason why there's a difference in the terminology? Or uh, well, they're both them at the same case, one into the upper, and so ilaagabar or tataagabar, or one into the other. And so I, mean, I think that the, the, the Rav and Shmuel are just conceptualizing it more uh, and saying it. You know, instead of describing it case by case, they're giving a general rule 
that you can apply to every case. Uh, okay, I, I guess it would have made sense more to say like, you know, the outer and the inner, you know, what falls inside the other, but okay. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Is it about containing? Is it about, is it about, uh, you know, what's, what's moving versus what's not moving? And, uh, or is it about actual elevation? Uh, so yeah, those so, are important, important we, questions. Here we have a definitive proof for Shmuel. Is that what we're saying? Like we, we don't think Gemara is not rejecting Rav. That, that's correct. I mean, look, we had uh, three challenges, but he answered them all and we have two proofs for Shmuel. So yes, that's mm-hmm. going to be the halacha. Uh, okay, good. So now we have a couple of stories. One time a bird uh, fell into this chamka, which is same as kutach. It's a milk, it's a dairy dish, right? That dairy uh, and uh, flour and uh, that's, that's fermented. That's kind of yogurt. So a bird fell into dairy. So this uh, certain sage said, it's okay. All right, that's the story. Who is so wise that can figure out how to permit such a case, except for him, right? It's not an easy. Most, uh, most sages would say, would say it's prohibited, right? It takes a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge of Torah to, in order to find a, a, a heter, right? Which is, which is really why the, you know, the great, the great, the great poskim are the ones that know how to find the heter. It's easy to find the chumrah. Um, so the Gabra Rabbah, he's a great person. So Amalach, what would he say? What would be the reason here for it to be permitted? It's true that this kutach dish is very strong and it's very salty, but it's still edible, right? Remember back we saw that the people, the people in Israel thought it was unedible, they, they were disgusting. Right, but in Bavel, this is a regular dish. So it's not salty, it's so salty that it's not edible. So it fell in, it's cold and cold, and therefore just take it out, wash it, and it will be fine. And that's why, so he based it on that very ruling. It's only if the, if the, if the bird is raw, then it's, uh, the skin is smooth and they could just wash it off. But if, it's, uh, if it was roasted and then it falls in, roasted meat that does, is not smooth, and will absorb a little bit. You just have to peel an outer layer. That's only if it didn't have cracks, but if it does have cracks, the milk will go into the cracks. And if it's spiced, then the spices also will uh, cause the meat to be to absorb and also would be prohibited. Um, all right, that's the, that's the case. Okay, so that's all the first uh, section about hot and cold, and then salt is also similar to hot and cold. And now we get to the question of smell. Rav is stringent and Levi is lenient. We're going to have a challenge to Levi, which we're going to turn into a challenge to Rav from the case of Pesach, and we're going to see if there's a Tanitic dispute that matches this Amoraic dispute. Amar Rav, Besar Shechuta Shemen, Besar Nebela Kahush, Asur. So you have kosher meat that is fat, fatty, and you um, you barbecued it together, not touching each other, but in the same oven uh, with a non-kosher meat that's lean. Nevertheless, it's prohibited. For sure, the other way. The assumption is that whatever is more fatty is going to give out more taste. And so if the non-kosher 
is more fatty, it's going to make more smell, and uh, those fumes will go into the other one. But Rav is saying, even if it's the other way around, even if the kosher one's fatty, and the non-kosher is lean, and you might think, oh, the lean one is not giving out too much smell, it's, no, it's still a problem. It's giving out some smell. It's going into the into the kosher animal, and so the kosher one is prohibited. Right? It absorbs flavor even if it's not touching. This is the opposite. Even if the non-kosher one is uh, is lean and it's uh, cooked with meat, the uh, kosher uh, kosher. Sorry, the other way. Uh, the kosher meat is th- is lean, and the non-kosher is fat, and therefore the non-kosher one is going to give off, off a lot of smell. Uh, it's nevertheless it's permitted. My why It's only smell. It's only aroma. And that's not considered substance, right? What if you're walking by a, a non-kosher hot dog stand and you and you smell it, right? Are you prohibited? You have to hold your nose, right? No, smell is nothing. And so therefore, it doesn't matter if uh, the smell goes into the other meat. It's okay. And actually happened, Levi was once in the home of the, of the exilarch, uh, right? The most, uh, the, 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 the rabbi in, in charge, the sage in charge of, the, of all the Jews in, in Bavel. And somehow it happened. You can't do this on purpose. But somehow a goat uh, was cooked together with a pig. They didn't want to say the word pig. It's not nice. And yet Levi said, ah, it's okay, right? It's just smell and uh, don't worry about it. All right, maybe his uh, non-Jew, non-Jewish servants were cooking some pig at the same time. Metibe. Uh, so now we are going to ask a question. It will be a question to Levi first. The Baraita says you can't cook two Korban Pesachs in one, in one oven. Uh, because of the mixture. So it sounds like the problem is, now they're both kosher. The problem is that group A is designated to Pesach A and group B to Pesach B. And you're not allowed to eat from someone else's Korban Pesach. And so now the mixing of flavors is going to happen if you cook them together, even even if they're not touching. And so you see that this shows that Smell is considered substance. My love, Tado, but Tamim, Levi. What are we worried about? What kind of mixing? Mixing of tastes. And so this is a problem of Levi because they're not touching, and yet smell is a, is a, is like is substantive. Uh, that's the question. No, we weren't worried about the taste, but rather about the animal themselves, right? You're not going to recognize what your animal looks like. This one's on a spit. This one's on a spit. And you're going to bring, put them in, take them out, and switch them around. Wait, was that number A? Was that B? And we won't know which one's which. So therefore, keep each oven separate, and you have someone that's in charge of that oven, so you won't mix up the two animals. And that's why everybody would have a problem with that. Um, in fact, this really, this interpretation makes sense. We're not just backing into it to save Levi. This actually is the, the, the Peshat of the of this Padaita. Medikatani Sefa, because keep reading to the end. Even if one is a goat and one is a lamb. Both are, both are animals that can be used for Korban Pesach, but those are obviously different. And you'll know, oh, I, I, I sacrificed a lamb. That one's mine. So, uh, so there's much less chance that you'll mix up the two. And that's why it says, even if it's a goat and a lamb, still don't put them in one because maybe, uh, maybe you'll still mix it up. 
And so, if you're worried about mixing up the actual animals, then it makes sense to say, even a goat and a lamb that are hard to mix up, even those don't do it. If you're worried about the mixing of flavors, then it makes no difference if it's the same animal or a different animal. There's just as much of a reason to worry that the tastes are going to mix when it's uh, when it's the same animal as when there's two different animals. So the sefa would not make sense according to that first interpretation. So therefore, Levi's interpretation is correct. We're worried about the mixing of the animals. But if we, we're only worried about the mixing up of the animals, but the mixing of the flavors, that's not a problem. We're not worried. We don't worry about that at all. Oh, now that which was brought as a question to Levi, he answered so well, we turn it around and now it's a challenge to Dav. Why aren't you worried about the mixing of flavors if you're cooking them together? No, they're in two different pots. They might be in the same oven, but they're in two different pots. What? Pots? You can't put a korban pesach in a pot. You can't boil it. I mean, like pots. We made some kind of enclosure uh, around each one to keep them in separate areas. Uh, but they're, they're both being barbecued. So that's what we're talking about. Um, and uh, that's why there's no smell that's going to go from one to the other, they're in separate compartments. And this is what it means. You can't put the two together because you might switch one animal for the other. Sorry, you can't put them together. You can't cook them together because of the mixture. What is mixture? The mixture of tastes. This is Rav, and he worries about that. And even if you solve that problem and you put it in two different areas, uh, two different sections, and so the taste won't mix, still it's prohibited. Because you might mix up the animals, and even if it's two different kinds of animals, still you might mix it up and it's prohibited. So Rav is able to, uh, through adding some interpretation, uh, explain this according to his own opinion as well. All right, we solved that. And last thing on the agenda is to see if Rav and Levi can actually match up with the Machloket Tanaim. Um, is it good or bad if it matches up with, with, with the Machloket Tanaim? It actually is bad because every Amorah would rather say, I, my opinion can follow all the Tanaim, right? They don't want, we'd rather not have to limit them to only one. Amarav Mari, I took some bread right out of the oven, right? I, it was, they bake it on the side. So I took it down and then I let it rest on top of a, a barrel of wine. But the wine is tiruma. The Bimeir says that the, now you have this hot bread and the, you have the wine and now the, the vapor from the smell from the tiruma wine is going to go into the bread, and therefore that bread can be eaten by a kohen, but is a suit to everyone else. The Buddha says it's fine. Well, we don't worry about the, 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 the vapor going into uh, the vapor of wine, taste of wine going into the bread. So you see, right? The first one would be like Rav, the second one would be like Levi. The Bio says a third opinion as a compromise, Matil Bishel Chitin. He says if it's wheat bread, wheat bread does not absorb, so that's okay. Oseb Bishel Sorin, but barley bread does absorb the taste. Because barley draws the taste into it.
Okay, so forget to be Yose. My left Tanehi, the more Sabarecha lab miltahi, Mosara Sabarecha miltahi. So we can match this up and say that one opinion says it's not taste, that would be Rabiuda who thinks it's permitted. And the one who says uh, it is taste, that would be to be made. So Rav can fit with it be made. All right, so this seems to work, but it was a problem, right? We'd rather explain it either way. Levi vadaitanehi. You know what? Levi, the only way Levi could make sense would be according to the Bihuda, right? There's no way. They're not touching each other. So uh, so for sure, Levi cannot be reconciled with the Bihuda or the Bihuda. Uh, only to be only to be Yehuda. But how about Rav? The Rav Nematanehi is Rav also. Is there any way to reconcile Rav with Rabbi Yehuda? This says permitted. Yes. Amar lach Rav. The kula amarecha milatay. Everyone, all the Tanim agree that taste, su- smell is substance. Lavit madalad dehi amar abar barchana amar eshlakish. But regarding that Brayta, we have a comment that says asur. Everyone, even the Biyudah would agree that if the bread is warm and the barrel is open, then there's a lot of uh, vapor that's going to go into the warm bread and everyone agrees that that's prohibited. So you see, actually, even the Biyudah does agree in principle that uh, uh, that smell is is uh, is substantive. So he even he agrees with Rav. The only reason they disagree is because they're not all talking about that case. If it's cold bread and the barrel is closed, everyone agrees, fine, no vapor is going to go in. The whole machloket is is either if the bread is warm and the uh, and the barrel is closed, even though the barrel is closed, it's made out of wood, it has cracks in it, so some vapor goes in and the warm bread will draw it in. That's machloket. Or if the barrel is open, a lot of vapor, even if it's cold, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't absorb. So Machloket was that in-between case. But our case that we were talking about with the uh, um, with uh, Korban Pesach, um, right, or two, two, whatever, two things being cooked together in the same oven, that is clearly like an open casket and, a, and hot bread. And so that's why even the Biuda would agree in the standard case that we were talking about that is prohibited. The only reason he says okay here is because something is closed or it's cold. Good, so he's able to resolve that. Okay, so one more law about the about the smell. If you took bread and cooked it uh, with meat in the same oven, right? So bread and meat in the same oven, you're not allowed to take that bread and eat it with dairy because the bread is fine, it's kosher because it's kosher meat, but you can eat it by itself or with meat. You can't mix it with dairy. So it absorbed some of the taste of the meat. So there you go. He agrees that uh, there's there's something to the substance. That is going to be the halacha said. Reach is in fact like substance. What about about, um, meat and dairy if they're both in covered pots in the same oven. Right, right. So then that Shulchan Aruch says that that's okay because it would be not good. Because they're covered, so then yeah. the, the, the steam, then the, the smell does not go out. But if they're open, then that's exactly this case. It would be a problem. Okay, okay. Uh, some uh, fish was roasted together with meat. They weren't, they weren't touching. They were just, they were, one smelled, got, got the vapor from the other. And he said, 
uh, that you're not allowed to have it with dairy. So it's fish, right? So same thing, either meat or fish cooked with meat. And now one last halacha, mor bere de bar rav ashe amar, afilu be milchanami asura, mishum de kashel rechal dvaracher. This uh, meat, this fish that you cooked with meat, even to eat it with salt, in other words, even to eat it alone, is not is 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 prohibited. You know, if you cooked fish with meat, you cannot eat the fish even by itself. Why? Because it's bad. It's, for, it's not good for bad breath. Cause bad breath and for something else, something else unspeakable. Uh, commentaries say that means talking about sadat. Uh, so this can cause disease. So this is uh, unhealthy and uh, un, uh, and. Uh, and just, uh, you know, nobody will want to be near you. So therefore, uh, do not eat meat that's cooked with, um, do not eat fish that's cooked with meat. Okay, so that's the source of that halacha uh, regarding uh, fish and meat. Uh, so we saw, right, these uh, really uh, cases that come up all the time. And just to give one example, if you're making coffee on Shabbat with milk, right? So if you put the milk first, that's cold, and then the hot coffee after, that's okay because the milk is on the bottom. So you say tata'a gabar, right? However, if you had uh, hot coffee, let's say it's uh, from a, on a, in a klidishon, right? Something that was direct, that's directly on the fire and you put milk into it, that's cold onto hot and then the hot would, would warm up the milk and that would be a problem. Uh, most of our cases, we don't do that. We put it into a mug first, so it's already klisheni. So you put the cold into klisheni, but klisheni and no mevashel, and so that would be okay. Uh, so in most cases, we don't have to worry about that. Um, but we did see that even cold, even hot onto cold, it still can transfer a little bit of heat, which means that if you just put a tiny bit of milk and then a lot of hot water on it from straight from boiling pink, thing, then that could be a problem. So uh, uh, anyway, milk first or coffee first, this is, uh, you see a, a huge debate. It will depend on all of the factors that we uh, discussed here.